welcome to the ABCA's podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Brownlee. Welcome to the ABCA's mini-series, Father and Son. In this series, we cover the coach-player and parent-child relationship through the eyes of the coach and their sons who played for them. This is a truly unique relationship, and this mini-series should be of value to any coach, parent, or player. Thanks for tuning in, and please enjoy Father and Son. Next on Father and Son, we get to chat with Rich, Richie, Ryan, and Robbie Price. Skip is one of the special guys in the coaching community. He's coached over 2,000 games and has been at Kansas University for 18 years. He's had the unique experience of coaching his son for eight straight years at the collegiate level. Richie, Ryan, and Robbie had great careers at Kansas and all three played professionally. Richie has been Skip's assistant for the last eight years and had a successful run as head coach at South Dakota State. Ryan and Robbie are working professionals in the Kansas City area. Welcome to Father and Son. We're here with Rich Price, uh, Richie Price, Ryan and Robbie Price. Uh, Rich, the coach at Kansas, but uh, wrote this down, has coached over 2,000 games, and this is his 18th year at Kansas, and then Richie coaches with him at Kansas, uh, was drafted, and then was the head coach at South Dakota State uh, two, through 2011, and then Ryan and Robbie both played for Rich, and, and both were drafted, so thanks for being on here with me, guys. It's a pleasure, Ryan. As we're going here, can I just have each son uh, just introduce themselves and then the years that you played at Kansas and then just talk a little bit about what you guys did after after you're done playing for your dad? Uh, sh- sh- sure, I'll go first. Uh, I played from 2003 to 2006. I was drafted by the New York Mets at the end of that and was played in their system for two years. Once that was over, I wanted to get into coaching and I would start out at South Dakota State where I was a uh, the GA. After that, I was the head coach for three years. And in 2012, I came back to the University of Kansas where I've been an assistant ever since for the past nine seasons. Robbie, go ahead. Okay. I'm uh, Robbie Price. I played for my dad 2007 to 2010. Uh, I got drafted in the 13th round with the Tampa Bay Rays and played four seasons. I uh, reached AAA, and then once I got released, I spent three years uh, as a volunteer coach at Virginia Tech, and then recently gone into uh, – I got hired as a firefighter with the city of Lenexa, Kansas, for the last uh, year or so. Ryan, just wanted yeah. you guys to introduce yourselves, and then the years you played for your dad at Kansas, and then a little bit of what, what happened after you were done playing at Kansas. All right. I – Ryan, the middle son here. So I played from 2005 to 2008 and then played with the Giants for a little bit after that. And then uh, I do landscaping now. 
Was it a definite for you guys that you're going to go play for your dad coming out of high school? Was it was it definite that all of you were going to play for your dad? For for me, I don't think anything was indefinite. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, I got accepted to that university. <laughs> I had a chance to go there. So I, I think we all had a different situation coming out of high school. For for my own situation, he. My dad was the head coach at Cal Poly at the time. I had signed to go there. My senior year of high school, as it played out with his current roster situation, he had some experienced middle infielders. So I was actually probably going to go to Palomar Community College. I had been in communication with Coach Vetter after I graduated high school that summer. And then he took the Kansas job. And it just kind of transitions itself. And uh, he decided to go to KU late that summer, right before the school year started my freshman year. And then, Robbie, what about you? Uh, I think mine was a little bit more set in stone, just as having uh, two older brothers that I've already gone through the system. And um, where Ryan at the time would have still been on the team coming in as a freshman and my oldest brother, Richie, leaving. Um, it just kind of it played out where I think, I think that was pretty much my only option. I did have another uh, offer at uh, Allen County Community College. So it was between them and, uh, and uh, KU and – Luckily, I chose to go to KU, and I enjoyed every minute of it. Skip, what were your biggest tech takeaways? I mean, I, you're one of the few guys that can say they coached three sons in college. So what were your biggest takeaways just from my entire experience? Because that's a wide range. You know, how many years did you actually have a son on a roster? And it, just talk about the entire experience, because it's amazing to me what you went through with, with three kids playing for you in college. Well, you know what, Ryan, all three of my sons have three completely different personalities, you know, so you grew up in a coaching family. Your dad's a Hall of Fame coach. and I don't think anybody can conduct this interview, knows more about that experience of playing with your dad, coaching with your dad, and then becoming a coach yourself and a head division one coach. Um, for me, when Richie came to KU the first year I got here for eight straight years, one of my sons played on our teams at Kansas. And in all honesty, Ryan, I took over the worst program in the country that played at the Power Five conference level. And my sons helped me turn the program around. Yeah. Uh, and I, I thank them each and every day for us having a good enough relationship where they were comfortable coming and play for their dad and helping me turn the program around. And I think all three of those guys will tell you they had an incredible experience, not because of me, because, but because of what the University of Kansas had to offer student athletes playing in the Big 12 conference at the Power Five level is a really unique experience. And I think it's one of those things that you, you thank God every day. Chase your dream from the time you're five years old, hoping you get an opportunity to play at the Division One level, hoping you get an opportunity to play professional baseball. And all three of them had that opportunity and accomplished those goals. And the first year Robbie was gone, uh, one of my top donors, Kent McCarthy, told me told my wife at Christmas time when we were in Palm Springs visiting with him that, that he was mad at her. And uh, she asked him why, and he goes, well, if you'd had another son, we'd have a lot better baseball team at KU. Okay, so she cut me off after the third son, or I might have had a fourth one joining this interview here right now. But for me, it was a highlight of my coaching career. Uh, yeah, I was actually almost depressed when Robbie was done. It was a really weird feeling. From the time they were five years old, they'd come to the field, and I'd throw them BP when the players were stretching. They'd come after practice, and I'd work them out. And then when the youngest one's gone, it's an incredible feeling that all of a sudden you've watched three boys chase their dreams and, and they're no longer playing in your program and you're not watching them play every day. So 
it was it was a fabulous experience from my standpoint. And what was Cindy's take on all of it? Did she uh, did she want any of them to go anywhere else? You know, and and I think the the people that I've talked to the the guys have all leaned on their mom a little bit because of the the player coach relationship. So where where did she stand in all of this? Well, you know what, Ryan, I, I pay my wife this compliment all the time. I don't know if you can be a better coach's wife or a or a, a son's mom. She took those kids all over the country. When I got the job at KU, Richie's scout team played 100 games in, in San Luis Obispo. For the next two summers, she took Ryan and Robbie both back to San Luis so they could play on the same scout team and play their 100 games. And I think all she did was drive those boys from baseball field to baseball field and feed them, wash their uniforms from the time that they could walk. And um, she, she, she's without question one of the greatest baseball moms ever. Yeah. Richie, I want I want to ask you this. Um, you know, you, you played for your dad, then you went and played for a while. What helped you the most about going to South Dakota State? And by the way, those teams I coached against those teams. Those teams were a handful. And and thanks for throwing Blake Trine in against us two years in a row because it was awful to face him. But what did you learn about you know going to South Dakota State and then obviously coming back and and helping your dad coach now? The big thing I took away from my time as a player at KU was was the how he handled the ups and downs of the season as a head coach to control your emotions and you know when when you lose a tough game don't you know control your emotions so you come back the next day and your team is excited to be at the field and ready to go don't let one tough loss lead to a second loss and that was the biggest thing that I handle with when you are a head coach and the ups and downs of the season was, was just the power of being positive and what it can do for a squad over the course of the season. What else about, you know, cause you went and coached with Reggie Christensen, right? At, at South Dakota state. Yeah. You know, talk about your, just your experience with him a little bit as well. The thing I took away from my time with Reggie, he was very detailed oriented. And, and the big thing when we would sit down and put together our, our constructing our roster was, was to know your niche. To know where you're at, the guys you can you can get to come to school, and who those people are, and where you got to go to get them. And, and I think that's across the board. Whatever school you're at, every school has their niche and what they can sell to a kid, um, the types of kids they can get from from talent standpoint, an academic standpoint, a skill set standpoint. And when I was at SDSU, we couldn't get the guy that that grew hard, that that could could mix multiple pitches. So we looked for that wiener that had three pitches that he could throw for a strike, and hopefully by a second, third, or fourth year with gains in the weight room, they would get that velocity uh, increase, and their stuff would get better. But they already had command of the strike zone, and we may give up a lot of hits because we're pitching to contact, but we weren't going to walk guys. Uh, you know, things like that, when I sat down with Reggie, is what I really remember it is just being having that attention to detail when it comes to constructing your roster. Ryan and Robbie, what are you with your work experience now? How are you using your playing experience with your dad to help you guys and what you're doing professionally now? I think the big thing for in my aspect when you're dealing with the community and you're uh, going in calls on having people having some of their worst days is how to handle people and uh, just try to be positive. And I think he's led a great example, and you can see how his leadership role and and his ability has translated down to numerous assistant coaches being now uh, head coaches and, you know, just seeing the foundation that he's laid and 
the relationships that he's built upon uh, is something I've taken into my career as well. I would say that uh, talking about always grinding because being at KU, we had to overachieve and try to work outwork everybody to get to where we wanted to be. And that's basically what I'm still trying to do right now is trying to work my way to be better at what I'm doing. So every day you just wake up and try to get better the next day. And this next question is for all of you. What were your biggest challenges while, while you guys were going through the playing experience? And then how did you handle the father-son player-coach relationship? Um, you know, because I'm sure it was different for all of you, but how, how did you handle the challenges? And then how did you handle the player-coach, father-son relationship? Skip, you want to go first? Well, one of the things I did, Ryan, and I'm sure your dad did the same thing when you came to play for him. I called like 15 guys who had sons play for them. And I also called about 10 guys who sent their sons to play for somebody else. And I tried to, to use that wisdom to make a good decision on how to have your sons in the program, how to make it a positive relationship for all of us. Because you don't want your son to come to your program and have a bad experience. And, you know, Coach Pickler at Cypress told me this about his son, Jeff, who came and played one year for him and then left and went and played at Tennessee and got to AAA. And now he's a major league assistant coach. But he told me the year that he was with him, his greatest coaching year of his life was how much he enjoyed it and uh, that they got to share that bond every day about the ups and downs and how hard you work to get there and, and, and how bad the losses feel. And when you're struggling as a player, uh, it makes you a better coach, Ryan. That, that, I think that's the greatest thing you get out of it. You watch your own sons chase their dreams, and there's peaks and valleys in this game, as we all know. But when you watch your own sons go through it and you know how hard they've worked, and how much they've invested and how important it is to them. When you watch other kids, parents, sons go through it, they're on your team. I think you handle it better from those experiences. Yep. And for me, it's the greatest experience in baseball. Richie, what were your takeaways? You know, I, as a player, like it seemed like each season, there'd be like one to three guys. There's always one to three guys on a team that are pissed off at the head coach for their playing time and they think they're getting screwed. Um, so I just avoided those couple of guys that I knew weren't real happy that they weren't playing as much as they wanted to. Um, that was kind of how I separated myself from those dilemmas being the head coach on that were said to me at the University of Missouri. Um, things like that you were because you know, the hecklers only had you circle field and we're going to let it. And as long as you were tough enough to have fun with it, it, it was kind of cool to. To, to laugh about when the game would be over. Luckily for me, we I feel me and my uh, little brother, Rob's had it a lot easier than Richie did. And he kind of paved the way for us as a stepping in and being second team all big 12 as a freshman and playing every day at KU to where that when I showed up, I didn't really have to worry as much as being the freshman who's going to take somebody's position, I just being and was able to uh, really enjoy myself for four years. And I mean, obviously, my sophomore year, me and my older brother tore it up, yep. got to make a regional, and then got to play my final two years with my little brother. And it was the greatest experience ever. Yep. Robbie, what about you? Yeah, I'm going to just piggyback on what Ryan said. 
those two guys made my experience a lot easier, just the success that they've had and being the third one to come through. Um, I'm also very comfortable in my own skin and I didn't really have any issues as far as teammates or anything. And I, looking back on it, I wouldn't change anything that I went through in those four years. And if I could do it all over again, I would still pick KU. And I think if you ask any one of us, obviously going on the road, you'd hear all the um, taunting and going to Missouri and Wichita. And yep. I mean, we we're probably the brunt of those jokes, but all three of us, I think kind of, uh, we wanted that and we kind of raised our level of play when, when you're hearing those cat calls and what, whatnot. And, um, you know, that's, it's fun. It's one of the things why you went to KU and you got to experience some of the best uh, road victories as far as winning at Texas and going into Missouri and going to Wichita. And uh, when you can silence those guys up, I mean, it definitely uh, makes it a little bit more of an enjoyable experience as well. And Skip, you probably have multiple. Can you guys go down the line and just give me your favorite uh, memory of all of this? <laughs> I don't hey Ryan, I got a funny story for you real quick. Yep. Uh, I remember we were playing at Texas Tech and I step out and I'm taking a look at the signs and I think his name's Johnny or whoever the main heckler is there. <laughs> he, he's like, Richie, you know, take a look at that third base box, man, because in twenty years that's what you're gonna look like. <laughs> I actually had to chuckle and nod my head. That was a pretty funny uh, one liner I heard that day that I still remember. Go ahead, Rhino. Yeah, Brian, dude, like, you know what it's like to trot around the bases and high-five your dad yeah. when you're going around third, bro? Like, oh, yeah. And I got to do that three times in one weekend at, at Missouri, twice in the ninth inning to yeah. uh, one extend. We, me and my my boy, Eric Morrison from uh, California, yeah. same age as me. And uh, we went back-to-back -back Friday night off Gibson. And then Sunday, I took Gibson again out to tie us up. And that was going around third, hearing Mama's boy all weekend, <laughs> being able to give my dad a high five. Then that was, it was special. Yeah. <laughs> Robbie, go ahead. I think my favorite was uh, we were down at Wichita State and spent three years of not getting a hit there. And, yeah. Uh, they had this one fan that would look in our dugout every time and he uh, definitely got on me quite a bit but my senior year we went down there and I made like three diving plays and started a couple double plays off of it and I think we were winning I think it was like 10 to 2 or something at that point and made my third diving play and I ran straight at the guy hopped over and I tried to give the guy a high five and the guy kind of got up like he was going to hit me and um I remember I got uh, back back into the dugout and I turned around and of course my dad's the first guy there looking at me just shaking his head like what are you doing but um, at that time you know it just felt pretty good to be able to uh, quiet the quiet the fans and and I believe to this day the guy hasn't been back to back to a game since so I'm kind of <laughs> glad that that last game kind of I was the reason why he hasn't been back. <laughs> For, for this is for all of you guys for parents players uh coaches that are listening in uh just any advice that you can give them it doesn't necessarily have to be on uh the the father-son relationship it can be on anything just some advice for for people that are listening in right now 
the, the big thing I, I would like to say is, um, you know, all three of us enjoyed the game of baseball and had a passion for it, but it was never forced on us. Yep. Uh, our dad never made us go to the batting cage or go to the field. You know, the minute we asked, he would stop whatever he was doing and go throw us back to practice. But, but it was always us wanting to go do it. And I think that's big. You know, I, I have my own son now and I see some of the dads that push sports on their kids. And um, it, it certainly allowed us to have a, a passion for the game because it was something that we grew up wanting to do as opposed to it being on us. Yep. I'd just say there's nothing better than playing as like a team. Like at KU, there was 35 guys working for one objective. And if you can get that way, I mean, if you're playing as a team and you're that guy, I think that's the one thing my dad taught me that was the reason why I had so much fun playing the game. Yep. Robbie, what about you? Yeah, I think just when you're talking about college, I mean, it's your four greatest years of your life. Um, you got to enjoy every day, but also realize what you're going to put in, uh, you're going to get out of it too. So it's the uh, the work that you put on by yourself, but going in the cages at 9 o'clock at night and we're uh, dragging your brother in there with you or your teammates. Um, those are the memories. And when you think about those four years, I think you lean into more of those memories more so than the ones on the field. And you just got to enjoy every day. And Skip, you said it. Do you feel like that helped you the most, coaching all three of these guys? Do you feel like that helped you become a better coach just because you had to go through it with three of them? Yeah, without question, Ryan. I, I, I think – Anytime you see somebody invest, and we all know the failure that there is in the game of baseball, and I'm sure your dad was the same way, man. You go to practice every day and you grind and you grind and you grind and you teach your guys to compete and to be a great teammate, but you got to handle failure. And, and one of the things that I believe that the game of baseball does, the times off the field when you're done playing, that's what makes the game so special. It's hanging out with your buddies in the hotel. It's going into a restaurant with your buddies. It's right now having barbecues and alumni reunions with the guys you played with, hanging out tailgating at the KU football games with your baseball teammate. The relationships are what make this game so special. We all want to be good players, and we all want to win. But when we're done, you can look back at those things, but it's those relationships you build along the way that are going to last a lifetime that, that literally you cherish when you're done playing. You cherish those every day. Skip, what advice can we give for parents out there right now? You've been doing this a long time, so you've seen over an extended period of time where parents are at now and where they were in the past. And there are some great things about parents now, but just maybe one or two things that you can tell parents, especially with parents with like a seven, eight, nine-year-old kid, uh, something that can help them through the process. I think the most important thing you can do, Ryan, is make the game fun. I, I think there's so much failure in our game of baseball. You hit 300, you make $20 million a year playing professional baseball, but you failed 70% of the time. Good players learn how to handle failure, and they flush one at bat to have a good at bat to second one. But I think if you make the game fun and you make practice fun, and then don't be negative. That kid that went 0 for 4 that struck out twice is beating himself up. He doesn't need to get in the car and listen to his mom or dad tell him all the things he did wrong on the way home. When it's over, and it's over. And, and I think the greatest thing you can do is be positive. 
I think if you make the game fun and you be positive, a kid's going to chase his dream. He's going to put the work ethic in it takes to be special. And if he's got God-given ability, he's going to be a really good player. Would you go back, for all of you guys, is there one thing, if you could go back, uh, I know you said you'd go back and do it again. Is there one instance where you'd go back and, and change one thing? I know with my dad and brother and I, you know, we'd, we'd get into it here and there. You know, are there any situations where you go back and, and maybe change one thing here now that you've, you've got some time to look back on it? Um, anything that you'd change? I, uh, I contemplated staying back in eighth grade and redshirting in eighth grade. I was really young for my grade. I was really small. Um, and I had a big growth spurt, like my junior year of high school, so it ended up working out, but there was a part of me that wishes I would have pulled the trigger on that. And it would allow to have one year with my youngest brother as well. Yep. All three of us could have been on the team at the same time. Yep. I kind of regret that. Yep. Ryan or Robbie, you got anything? I just wish I could have not swung and missed as much. <laughs> <That's-> <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love it. Well, good. Well, I appreciate your guys' time. One more, th- you know, one one thing before I let you go, if you want to add, you know, a couple more things in before I let you guys go, because I know you're having a birthday party, and I appreciate you guys taking the time on a Sunday to, to talk, because um, this is about giving back to the game, and the game's been so great to all of us that we all want to give back. And even in little ways, you know, it's a way to give back to the game because it's going to help future generations that listen to this and pick, you know, even if it's just one or two things that they can pick up out of this to help their relationship with their own kids and then hopefully help some players along the way. Are there anything else that you guys like to add in before I'd let you go? I'd just say just be a good teammate, dude. Yep. Don't be that that dude on the team that is always negative because – that's the one thing that I frown upon. For, for me, I, I would just say for words of encouragement, in these days with all the rankings that are out there, who's committing where early in the process, you know, me and my brothers, none of us were highly recruited or would have, Robbie might have had the most suitors out of high school, the three of us, but uh, I, there's 26 schools in the state of California. I only had two calls yep. in my college in my high school career. So, you know, everybody develops at a different rate and it's not what you're ranked when you're 15 or 16 old, how hard you work and where you can get to at the end of your career. And kids out there that maybe are a little smaller right now, certainly just say to them, you know, keep working and, and develop at your own rate. And Robbie, what do you got? I think uh, we use this word a lot in our families, trust. And I think you just got to be able to trust yourself trust your teammates or coaches and be able to uh, kind of be in a position to right or wrong. If you're, uh, if you're going through hard times to be able to really uh, get back in there, get back to work, but trust the guys around you. Uh, those are the guys that are going to be able to pick you up. And uh, I think when you're in that um, process of high school or uh, little league or whatnot, uh, you got to, re- those guys around you are what's going to make the memories and, uh, your coaches too, as far as just being able to I'll listen to them and their advice. Skip, you going to be able to hold out long enough so you can coach your grandson? You know, Ryan, I'd, I'd just like to say in closing, if I can encourage kids to do one thing, that's chase your dream. If you chase your dream and you make the commitment it takes and you have the work ethic and the passion that it takes to become a really good player, one day you get to live that dream. And I think that's what all of us want to do in this game 
you want to chase your dream and you hope that if you put it all your, you invest and you work your tail off that one day you get to live it. I don't know how it can get any better than that. I just saw today Fred McGriff said that he got cut from his high school team. And there's a guy that's that's a French Hall of Famer said he just was happy to get the opportunity to play in the big leagues because he got a cut from his high school team. And and we all see it those those late developing guys if they do get the opportunity to keep playing, they're going to end up being your best guys. So, you know, that's for everybody listening in. You know, if, if you're not one of the better guys at, at 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, don't worry about it. Just keep working because it's probably going to work out the way it's supposed to. Exactly right. All right. Well, have a great Sunday, guys. Enjoy the birthday party. And uh, thanks again for coming on. This is awesome for me. It's uh, These are always great reminders of, of my experience playing for my dad as well. Thank you, guys. All right. Thanks a lot, Ryan. You're the best, man. Yep. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Ryan. See you, baby. Baseball truly is America's pastime. We are all stewards of this great game. I'm so excited to shine a light on these unique perspectives. All of these guests show their passion and love for each other and the great game of baseball. This is Ryan Brownlee signing off for the American Baseball Coaches Association. Thanks for listening to Father and Son, and remember to leave it better for those behind you.